0: Hi, welcome to episode 590 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and my dad is a lot like David Hasselhoff. When he's eating cheeseburgers. In every episode of the Fantastic Forecast, I'll be talking about a different issue of The Fantastic Four. Starting with issue one and going all the way to issue 645. Today it's Fantastic Four, 601, from February 2012. Forever, part two, by Jonathan Hickman and Steve Epting. So back in New York City, the Kree Armada is attacking the city. Sue, with the help of Iron Man, has put a big shield over Manhattan. Up on the top of the shield, a group of Kree warriors are ready to set off a bomb, killing themselves in the process, but blowing a hole in Sue's shield and giving her a big headache. Ugh, this long meandering storyline has been giving me a big headache. Back with the thing, he's getting pounded on by four Kree sentries. Alicia is like, No! Ben! She can hear Ben getting pounded on by four dudes. Probably not the first time that's happened. Back in the Baxter Building, we go back to that door opening up and Johnny's standing there looking at Spider-Man in his ugly, white Future Foundation suit. Of course, Johnny's first question is, seriously, what are you wearing? Spider-Man says that Reed and the kids came up with his new suits. Well, yeah, the kids, that makes sense. Johnny says, well, they're hideous, finally, someone with some taste. Spider-Man picks him up, and screams out, You're alive! And then, he has to tell Johnny about the Kree invasion. Johnny hands Spider-Man the leash, saying, Here, hold my Annihilus. (laughs) See? Already, one page of Spider-Man and Johnny together is better than anything Spider-Man did while with the group, when Johnny wasn't around. You know, like I said before, it was so stupid to have Spider-Man in the team without the Human Torch to play off of. The Torch says there's something he needs to do, which is to create a big flaming four in the sky, pretty much freaking everybody out. Somehow this inspires Ben. His so-called girlfriend nearby is in danger, screaming out in horror. That is not enough to inspire him. His very attractive male friend, coming back to life apparently, now he's inspired. And it's in time, and he kicks these robots' ass. Asses. Ben goes to check in to see if Alicia is okay, and she is. Next, he wants to find out what that big flaming four is, and what that means. Back with the Kree and their boss, Supremor, they see something going on with Attilan. It's floating up and linking up with another, bigger, flying city. Supremor says, Here we are. An embassy of fate. Alert the Fist of Hala. Tell the subcommander to prepare the nega bombs. I want nothing left of them or this world. Ronan hears this, and he is not happy. This is not what he had in mind, and surely, this is not going to. This is going to put a damper on his relationship with his new girlfriend, Crystal. Genocide has a way of rubbing people the wrong way. Go figure. Ronan refuses. But since Ronan helped Supremer come back to life, is says he's going to let Ronan live for a few more hours until the Earth is destroyed. So back at the Baxter Building, or what remains of the Baxter Building, the gang is reunited with Johnny Storm, and we see that all this stuff on Johnny's right arm is holding on uh, to the cosmic control rod. When little Annihilus gets uppity, and why is he so small? Johnny kicks him in the face. His new friends the Light Brigade are there, and the horse-faced guy uh, Cal Blackbane announces that they should be able to take care of the Kree Armada all by themselves. You know, yeah, they, they couldn't take care of Annihilus without Johnny's help, but then again he points out that they do have a new leader, and that is Johnny. With the Cosmic Control Rod, Johnny controls the Negative Zone and an armada of ships from the other side, including the flagship Pestilence. That's a catchy name. And soon his armada is facing off against the Kree armada. And the fighting begins. But soon, another large ship joins the fray, the inhuman city ship. Medusa calls up Sue and says that they want the honor of killing the Kree ships. Oh well, have at it, Sue replies. So they all start decimating the Kree warships. But back uh, down on the planet, the Avengers notice another problem debris falling down from space and crashing into buildings. And Reed is uncharacteristically defeatist, saying that even if they win up in space, there won't be much of Earth left when it's over. Wah oh, wah well, well, cry crybaby. And speaking of babies, that's the end of that issue. Now it's time to check in on the Fantastic Kids. Welcome to episode 590, part 2. It's FF13 from February 2012. The Bridge by Jonathan Hickman and Juan Babilo. So back in Latveria, on the top three floors of the Baxter building, the Future Foundation kids are there with Dr. Doom, Kristoff, Nathaniel Richards, and one of the Evil Reeds who wants them to open up the door to the dimension where the Evil Reeds had their headquarters. Valeria says, We're ready, Evil Dad, which is the first thing that she's ever said that's made me smile. Dragon, the not so savage dragon, has reservations about opening this gateway, but Evil Reed says, They're going to mold everything into something better. Yeah. He wants to make the world great again. The door opens and out comes this freshly charred skeleton landing on the floor in front of everyone. You know, this is good advice to all the kids out there listening. If you open a door and a freshly charred skeleton falls out, don't go in. Don't go in. Alex says to the dragon... Maybe you are right! Kristoff tells everyone to, sec- to secure the perimeter on the other side. Franklin and Valeria go in, with Franklin saying that he's not worried. It feels like the right thing to do. So everyone heads inside, down this walkway through space, and they're surrounded immediately by four Celestials. And that takes us to a flashback. Back at the Baxter building where Valeria is having a chat with her grandad and they're having a discussion of the Catastrophe Theory. That's hard to say, because it's not catastrophe, it's Catastrophe Theory. You know, my granddad and I used to have similar conversations, only it was about our favorite cheeses. Catastrophe Theory is about a series of ever-worsening, ruinous events that, when combined together, constitute the permanent obliteration of the system. That kind of describes a meal at Taco Bell. You start with a couple of tacos, and then a double-decker taco, and then a chalupa, and then a gordita, followed by a quesadilla, and chase it all down with a burrito supreme. And this series of events results in a complete system-wide shutdown. Catastrophe Theory. Valeria asks why they don't just stop these events, and Nathaniel says that there are things that just can't be stopped. Like Black Bolt returning. The Regenesis of the Cree Supreme Intelligence. The War between the Cree and the Inhumans. The Return of Galactus. The Plans of the Celestials. The War of the Four Cities. And the Presidency of Mike Pence. You just can't stop any of this. It's all inevitable. Nathaniel says they need to delay events and find more time. So they go off to get to work somewhere private. He says away from the prying eyes of other curious children. Normally, when an adult says something creepy like that to a child, it is not good. So back in the present, the Celestials are shooting down a bunch of Doombots. Doctor Doom wants to be freed, but Evil Reed is like, uh, no. But Valeria whips out the ultimate nullifier and threatens to use it if Evil Reed does not comply. Really? That's some really bad parenting right there, by the way. Letting your kid play with a device that can end all life in the universe as we know it? its just a stupid plot point right there, isn't it? Valeria running around with the ultimate nullifier. The Richardses are getting really fast and loose with that thing lately, aren't they? Franklin floats up to face a celestial who says, Destroy. Terminate. End. And shoots his face full of lasers at Franklin. That guy's name should be... That guy's name should be Laserface. But the laser bolts turn into flowers! Is that Franklin's powers now? Turning laser energy into flowers? Oi! The Celestials attack Franklin's mind by showing him his future. A blank void of nothingness. Isn't that all our futures? Franklin screams out, go away! And they get out of his mind, and he's back to normal again. Evil Reed wants the ultimate nullifier for himself! Which, that sounds like a bad idea. But in the end, he gets it. Everyone leaves, except for Evil Reed and Doctor Doom. And even though Doctor Doom assures as Valeria, he's gonna survive. And that is the end of the issue. And the end of another chapter in a story that seems dragged out to the point of complete incomprehensibility. Enough already. And that's it for now. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about the podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, Dave Elliott at podcastff. And you can download other episodes of iTunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. I know that time has numbered my days and I'll go along with everything you say. at me now to the